Yesterday on the show, we were talking about something that really kind of blew up. And you may have seen more about it on the local CTV news. But this is the story of a little guy from Simcoe County. And his when he became ill, his uh, mother finally called 911 because he was in distress. And they had to get him to an emergency pediatric facility. And the one that they wanted to go to, which was McMaster and was only about 75 kilometers away, was all full up. So they end up with an air ambulance taking him and his mom all the way to Kingston. And here's what the health minister, Sylvia Jones, had to say about the case yesterday. Look, I, I get it. It's not ideal as a family to have to have a child that far away. But it is also important to appreciate that by doing that air transport, that child was able to be uh, assessed and treated sooner. And he's doing better. He's about to be transferred to the hospital for sick kids. Looks like he's out of the woods with his viral infection. But now there's uh, residual damage, which really just amounts to not just, but I mean, it, it's it's burns. Uh, as a result of the viral inflammation combined with the um, tubes and injections he was receiving and all of that stuff. So he's going to be treated at the hospital for sick kids. We're joined by Liberal MPP Adil Sharmji, who also happens to be a medical doctor. It's good to have you back. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me today. What do you have to say about what the health minister said? Because on very practical terms, she's right. He was taken to a hospital where they could treat him and he received amazing treatment and his mom is over the moon about how the nurses and doctors pulled it off. But still, 350 kilometers away, as she was pointing out yesterday, now her husband's at home looking after their daughter. She's isolated in a hospital with their son. So, you know, to start... I'm just delighted that this child is doing okay. He's a human being at the end, and uh, it sounded like he was incredibly sick. So we can certainly celebrate that. But to say that, you know, what happened was less than ideal, I, I mean, it doesn't really acknowledge the fact that this is care that he should have been able to get either in his community or very close to his community. And having to resort to these kinds of Herculean efforts that are not without their risks. I mean, to organize, you know, a medical, an aeromedical evacuation involves organizing an aircraft, flight, you know, flight paramedics, making sure that the weather is okay, managing a patient in a very uh, isolated environment in the air, and then transporting them many hours away. I mean, the reality is that, you know, thank God this child is okay. And that's what matters the most in the end. But there are multiple points of potential failure here. And, uh, you know, we're lucky that he's doing okay, but it could have very easily gone, uh, you know, it could have gone poorly very quickly. Now, I was observing on our show yesterday that it seems ever since I started doing radio in Toronto, which was 2003, we're always saying hospital crisis, hospital crisis. So is there something particularly acute right now and particularly in pediatric facilities, or is this chronic and is going to require long-term change? Well, you know, to say, you know, certainly there have been challenges in healthcare for a very long time, but... You know, we currently face the worst healthcare system performance in our province's history. And I'm 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 stating that on the basis of Ontario health data that I've been sharing, you know, in, in September and October. It is the worst that it's ever been. The foundation of this is the mass exodus of healthcare workers, which Sylvia Jones, our health minister, refuses to acknowledge. You know, she's very keen to celebrate all of the nurses and other healthcare workers who are coming into the profession. 
But the reality is that in, for example, pediatric intensive care units, they are not adequately staffed. Even the beds that we have, a typical standard of care in an intensive care unit is one nurse to one patient. And even for the beds that we have in many, uh, in many acute care and intensive care units, you know, it's, it's like two to one nursing, which is not ideal. So it stems from you know, a fundamental lack of healthcare workers. And that is creating these consequences in terms of not enough adequate staff beds and then having to shuttle, you know, patients and especially pediatric patients all across the province, which is very problematic. So, I mean, this sounds glib, but I mean, what's the fix? Uh, There is a limited amount of money. Well, there is a, a finite amount of money, but the funds that we have right now are not getting adequately spent. I mean, this government has, you know, is underspending to the tune of billions of dollars in healthcare. By 2028, we'll underspend by $23 billion. So it's not like, you know, um, that's underspending for the programming that they have committed to. Um, and we've seen it quarter after quarter that, you know, there are leftover contingency funds that are sitting and waiting to be used. I mean, the government had a fantastic opportunity to do the right thing and address our massive shortage of healthcare workers. Bill 124 could be repealed. It hasn't been. An Ontario court just stated that it's unconstitutional and should be struck down. And this government is choosing to fight it. There are no quick fixes. But there are many, you know, there are many things that can be done that will provide incremental or moderate increases and improvements in our healthcare system. This government consistently chooses not to take advantage of any of them. Thank you for this. It's uh, nice to have you back. Thank you very much for having me. Liberal MPP Adil Sharmji, and uh, it informs things quite a lot that he's also a medical doctor. He's been sort of creating his own dashboard to report on hospital capacities in the province and track what people are now calling this tridemic because we've got the virus, the um, respiratory business. We've got a conventional flu season, which I guess is what I had. And then, of course, there's still the residual of COVID. I was actually looking, speaking of dashboards, at the latest, and I can go pull the figures later on during the break, Um, but they've been ticking downwards as concerns hospital capacity for COVID, which is great. The unfortunate thing is hospitals are under strain with a bunch of other stuff. And I'm, I'm not alone in having observed having had what I guess is, you know, common flu or common cold, and it wasn't all that bad, but it just wouldn't go away. And I got my voice back finally. I got back to the microphone yesterday. But by the end of the show yesterday, I was just gassed. And I had hours of interviews and editing still to do. So ended up uh, ended up being a good long nap. Oh, and then just a bat cleanup on something I was mentioning yesterday. Uh, the White Lotus, six-part murder mystery, I guess, although, you know, you don't get to the death until the end and I'm not giving anything away and I won't give anything away because I understand like I'm watching Friends right now uh, streaming on Crave and I don't know if Ross and Rachel ever get together. I don't know if Monica and Chandler are going to stay together. So for me, those are spoilers from a show that went off the air in what, 2005? Um, When it comes to the White Lotus, though, wow, did not expect that. That, that was very surprising. 